Welcome to the Hyper Training Hornsby channel. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills and know-how to make you the best you can be. We know you have the best in you and we're going to show you how. Now, let's get started. People don't have to know that we were 20 minutes late. I just started recording, so we just got that on this is This is our first time. <laughs> Are you actually recording? Yeah. Natalie launched her website yesterday and Instagram. Thanks. Yeah, I saw it. How, how good. My health show, right? Yeah, so which is cool. Okay, so, yeah, let's get stuck straight into it, hey? Well, yeah. You guys, are you guys ready? All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, well, welcome to Hybrid Training, uh, our podcast. Uh, this is Nat and James, everyone. Um, I just thought it'd be a really good idea to invite these two onto our podcast and um, listen to them share their ideas and their experiences. Um, and these guys are good friends of mine as well. Um, so Nat is an osteo and James is uh, an exercise physiologist. Some of the best in Melbourne, I would say, um, or that I've met anyway. So introduce yourself. We'll, we'll start with Natalie. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, everyone. Um, so as Paul said, my name's Natalie. I am an osteopath. I've been an osteopath for about uh, seven years now, so it's gone quite quickly. Um, I work in private practice mainly, so I have a business called My Health Co. Um, so do lots of treatment. Um, I treat a lot of CrossFitters actually through my usual old box that I used to train at. Um, and I also teach clinical and reformer Pilates as well. You also Thanks. work at a uni. Um, yeah. so I also do that as well. So I also, um, lecture osteopathic students at Victoria University in the city. Uh, so just, there's a student clinic there. So I help. Um, guide the students onto how to do consultations, and then I also teach the second year's osteopathic awesome. subject. Yeah. So for the listeners out there, the osteos that are about to become osteos, Nat teaches them. So we can see how experienced Nat is. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. And what about and because just because it's Sydney, so I didn't actually know what an osteopath was when I was living in Sydney. So maybe Nat explain what an osteopath does, how it differs from yeah. other practitioners. Cause we, cause I knew about physios, but I didn't actually know about osteopaths. So there might be some people who don't actually know what osteopaths do. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Tell us more. So the philosophy of osteopathy is that the body functions as a whole and that we are just there to assist by using manual treatment to help the body along, to give it a little bit of a push for it to feel better. Um, the main difference between osteopathy and chiropractic and physiotherapy is that we look at the why and not just treat what's going on. So we don't just treat the structure that is sore. So if I give you an example, if you strained your hamstring, we'll not only treat that hamstring so it feels better, but we'll also look at the why. Is it because you've got a problem with your feet or are your hips unbalanced? And so by doing that, it, you're more likely, less likely to have a reoccurrence in the future. So it addresses yeah. that. 
more. Yeah, osteopaths as well tend to do a lot of hands-on treatment, um, which is a lot more compared to a lot of other professions, but then again, it is dependent on the individual. Um, so they can vary techniques from soft tissue, massage, to articulation, sometimes manipulation, if it's um, safe for the patient to have that. And then we also do exercise rehabilitation. We can give advice on ergonomics and lifestyle as well. So it's kind of very holistic and looks at a whole variety of things. That's awesome. That sounds really good. That's going to be hard to top. <laughs> I'm James. <laughs> um, so I'm an exercise physiologist, like what Paul said. So I actually started being coached by Paul and Ben. If we go back in the day, that's where I started. One of the first members, Paul, of Hybrid. Number one. And um, CrossFit Millennium when it was CrossFit Millennium. So. Um, my background is in sport and exercise science, so I studied um, studied that for three years, and then I came out and I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I ended up going to a master's of exercise physiology. So if you don't know what an exercise physiologist does, basically I describe it as being able to prescribe exercise programs for people who are managing chronic health conditions. So it's not acute. If you look at physios and osteos, deal with the acute stage of injury and rehab, and then exercise physiologists I'd say is more more long term so chronic health conditions being like metabolic conditions cancer diabetes cardiovascular disease or musculoskeletal like chronic pain um that sort of stuff so I've worked a little bit clinically a little bit in return to work a little bit with um athletes and then I've just started my own business last end of 2018 purely doing just return to work programs so work conditioning work hardening and just organizing return to work plans for people who are injured at work or um can't go to work so yeah that's, awesome. yeah, yeah that's my sort of background so dabbles in a bit of everything yeah a little bit that's of good that's good so james and nat i guess they're in a similar field to what we do here at hybrid training i guess and um they they help other people you know, get better and fitter and healthier. Um, mm -hmm. And the good thing about these two as well is that they train the way I train and the way our members train. And they understand um, because of their experience as well, how people move, how people exercise, or if people don't exercise, they understand that as well. Um, and that's why we are so lucky to have these two on our podcast um, to share their ideas and, and their knowledge and their experience um to the world so um I'll, I'll just rattle off on a on a couple of questions but um the the first question i guess would be like what what motivates you guys to do what you do like what why do you do what you do so nat you explained you find the why uh in terms of injuries i'm going to try and find the why of your job <laughs> yeah so I think with being anyone in allied health can definitely say that the biggest part of our job and the thing we like most is the reward we get when we can help people. Being injured um, can be really debilitating and it could be something simple like a father can't play with his daughter because he can't bend over because he has back pain. 
So to be able to help a person to function better so they can get to that goal that they would like to, it can be life changing, um, especially when we know mental health as well is very closely associated with um, injuries and pain. If you can make a change there and break a cycle or prevent a cycle like mental health from eventuating, it is really rewarding. So that's my favourite part out of the job. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. What about you, James? Why do you do what you do? Uh, yeah, similar. It's more so again, I've gone down the kind of return to work. So being able to help people go to work, like works for a lot of people to your life. It's you know, it's how we get by social interaction and then obviously financial as well. So being able to get people strong and get them going to work and being happy at work is probably my biggest motivator. Because you all know when, you know, you can't do something you don't, you know, you want to be able to do or you need to be able to do. It's debilitating as well. And it affects you, affects your family members and, you know, your life. So yeah, that's, I suppose, my motivation, being able to help people go back to doing what they need to do, what they want to do. Yeah, that's awesome. So I guess it's quite rewarding to see people happy again. Yeah, mm, very rewarding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Help people yeah. achieve their goals. That's, that's, that's good. That, that, that sort of lies similar to what our beliefs and our values are as well, so that's really good. Um, yeah. There may be a question where we can give the listeners what they want to hear. Uh, I guess one of the questions would be, um, like what, what has been your worst injury case that you've come across? Natalie. Oh, this is a hard one, because it's yeah, well, such a variety of things. Um, I can definitely say when you have more a sad case, that is very challenging. So a lot of allied health professionals, we can pick up if someone has something more sinister going on rather than musculoskeletal. So a lot of the time, things like cancer, um, sometimes tumours, or maybe nothing as severe, but it could be maybe a gallstone or something like that. Sometimes they can mimic musculoskeletal symptoms. So patients can come in um, presenting like they've got musculoskeletal pain, but it's something else underlying. So it can be quite sad when you pick up something like that. Um, yeah. It's also, from a musculoskeletal point of view, it's very challenging when you have a patient come in with a very acute disc bulge. Um, they pretty much kind of crawl their way into the room. So it's always very challenging dealing with something like that. Um, so that can be, I'd say that would be, it's quite a hard one because it's a long road for recovery for things like that as well. So yeah. The intensity of the pain is what's bad about that one. Yeah, cool. So coming off that, what what has been the most rewarding? Um, I mean, all of them must be rewarding, but like coming off a big injury, a big case or whatever it may be, like what, mm. what has been the most rewarding one that you've helped people get back to um, um, life real life? One that really stands out in my mind, I had a a patient who had uh, chronic pain wasn't active at all so she we'd been working towards making her more active and doing more exercise because it's been proven to be most effective um, for people with chronic pain and she sent me a message one day and she did a five kilometer walk so through a run for the kids so which was fantastic and that left very melted my heart completely 
because that was yeah. such a massive achievement for her and from where she came from where she could barely walk around the house that was probably a highlight for me that's good good job <laughs> well done yeah yep. they're all hot they're, they're all, all good yeah. cases for their own reasons you know hard to choose. yeah definitely yeah. For their, for their own reasons. Anyone who you help get back is, is a win. Is a win, definitely. We talk yeah. about the wins, Paul, you know, whether it's like you're someone who just wants to deadlift 200 or mm-hmm. squat, whatever, or maybe do a marathon. That's like a win. Yeah. Different goals. For or pain, them. yeah. Pain. So they're not always pain goals or return to function. Could just be like James said, increased function. So yep. to get stronger, to be more efficient, to lift more weight. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What about you, James? What's your most uh, challenging one that you've come across? My most challenging one was a. He was an older guy with chronic pain. Basically, just a brief sort of um, thing about it. it's basically someone who's been in pain for about for longer than three months, and it's constant pain, and they might not have any mechanical issue that you can identify on an MRI scan or anything like that. So on any scan they take, there'll be, there's no issue, but it's like a more neurological thing where the brain keeps getting messages that <clears throat> there's a, there's an issue somewhere. So that creates pa- a pain response for them. So chronic pain, they've just got this, they're in pain all the time. And this guy was one of the first in the country to get a pain pack inserted into his, uh, I think it goes in his hip. Does it go on your hip? It it's like a battery pack. Yeah. So that the doctors insert it there and it blocks the message from brain to spinal cord so that you're yeah. not in pain. So he was one of the first. Now what had happened was he'd had he'd gone back to work, he'd had an issue at work, and the that issue had caused this battery pack to start sending random signals. So he was now getting all these increased signals where he was in pain. So he's pretty down about it now the issue was the because he was one of the first the guy who put it in actually passed away so he didn't have any answers he went to every specialist and they didn't know what to do with the battery pack he got a payout like a very large payout but what's money like he was he has to live with that for the rest of his life he's you know he's he's now very he got well compensated but he's also in constant pain with a pack in his hip that's just sending firing messages telling him that he's in pain in even more pain well probably no no amount of money can ah. yeah can pay for that amount of pain no exactly so he's he's not working he's like he's living on a farm where his family's surrounded by the people you know his family and that but um in pain constantly like you can't, yeah, you can't get around that, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, that's, so that's a bit different. sad. Yeah. Share, share, share us the win. Let's light up the mood. Share us the win. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> I feel a bit upset now. <laughs> a win. Well, you can share a win. Yeah, you can share a win. Uh, it can be with you. It can be with the patient. I'll tell you a nice, um, I'll tell you a nice win. So yeah. Nat and I, we... um. Natalie's very good at what she does. She treats a lot of people and then she sends me some clients as well who we can work together with. Because Natalie's good at looking after them, you know, in their initial phase. And so there was one recent one, so I won't name her. The one um, 
in the home. Oh, yeah. saying. So Natalie, so Natalie treats their whole family and this particular woman, how old is she? 70? Yeah, late 70s. So she had a, can you tell her background? So her background, so Natalie was looking after her for the majority. She was one of the first people in Australia to have a kidney transplant. Wow. And she was on to her second one at 78. So had a second kidney transplant and then just has had complications since then which are not due to the kidney but she's been getting infections and things like that so she wasn't in a good place so they moved her into a nursing home um couldn't walk because she had a fall and she had a fracture in her back so i was treating her up to that point and then uh, there was not much i could do at that point so then i passed her on to jane and then uh, and then sorry i was just taking a video of of all of us um and then a so miracle and is, then a miracle uh, yeah so this this lady she's the most lovely lady she's in a home she hasn't got up um for about six months she's been not able to get up so like go to the toilet like do all the basic human things that we need to do and it was last um it was September was it or October or something. So I went to see her in the home. So I did assessment, couldn't walk, hadn't used her legs in six months. And um, her daughter was like, we just wanted to be able to come home for Christmas. Like that was there. We don't care what happens, but she just, we wanted to be able to get up and be able to come home for Christmas so she can go to the toilet and everything. So we got her on like a mobility program, strength program. And then we got her up walking and she went home for Christmas. Wow. So that, and now she's up. Did you say 78? Yeah, so look, we, we've worked with older ones, but her one was a bit nicer because of all the things that had gone wrong. And yeah. she's just a very, very nice woman as well. And now she's doing laps of her home. So before the whole lockdown, I'd go see her a couple of times a week and she does laps on a walker. She just gets up and she just walks and then walks back yeah. and walk, walks up and down. So that was a good win that we both shared. That's good. Yeah, now we team, feel a bit happy. Team. Team Jack, James it's, and Nat. It's Team Kapoor. He called us <laughs> Team Kapoor. Or Jack. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. We've got about 10 minutes left um, of yeah. this. I, I've, I've got another question for you guys as well. Um, what, what, what's the most common injury you see? So you, you can just really point it out like shoulder or hip or neck or whatever it may be. What, for Nat, what's the most In common thing that you see? Yeah, just in general. CrossFit related, general. Uh, um, yeah, definitely, general. we can do both. So lower back is generally the most common thing that we treat. So usually it's more chronic, grumbly lower backs. Um, in CrossFit, I'd say the most common thing to treat would be a little bit of niggle shoulder path, uh, shoulder injury. So a little bit of impingement, like it gets a bit pinchy. Usually, when people try and push weight above shoulder height. Yeah. Yes. What about you, James? Um, lower back. Mm. So work-related. Lower back still one of the biggest costs to the healthcare system. Lower back injury, yeah. and that's why I sort of tried to um, focus a little bit on that because everyone, well, most people have had lower. Paul, you've had some lower back issues before. You know how debilitating yeah. it is. And it's yeah. like scary as well. It's like you, you go to move and you feel it twinge. Like you can't even sit comfortably or lie comfortably without it hurting. So it's 
quite debilitating. So definitely that's that's the most common one. Yeah. What was the other if, that, that, that was, was that was, <laughs> Yeah, if, if, if people, whoever trains and they say they've never had a lower back injury, they're lying. <laughs> yeah. issue, or a lower back issue, they're lying. Well, I remember um, we were squatting, Paul, in, in the gym. Yeah. Remember a Friday afternoon and you hurt your back. And obviously, because you've got a high pain tolerance or whatever it was, but you went down under the bar and then you're just like, I can't get up. No, shit. I, and, I, I and don't I, remember. There's been many situations like that. Yeah. With or without and I was injury. like, I looked at you, I get, I'm like, are you okay? And you're like, yeah, but I can't get up. And then it took, <laughs> we, we have to help you <laughs> get up. Yeah. Yeah. Those, days, those were the days, hey? Those were the yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's how we learn. That's yeah, how that's we right. learn. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was chatting to Ben yesterday, actually, uh, about this. And, um, what, what we were saying is that you, you've got to almost go to failure to understand the limitations of the body. Yeah. Because if, if you don't get to that point, especially if you're trying to work hard and get fit and get healthy and stuff like that, <laughs> you'll never know your threshold. Mm. Um, and like it's, it's, there's a fine line between that. There's, there's danger, right, as well. Mm. Um, and, and there's a lot of risk, but there's also a lot of reward. Um, so there's that fine line that people play with and whether you play with that line is that's, that's entirely up to you. But yeah, I totally understand. How do you coach that, Paul? Uh, I, that, it all, that all depends on the mental side of things. So mm. the physical side of things is easy. You can lift the bar, you can lift weights, whatever you want. You can do the exercise, but to push yourself beyond, uh, beyond that point is, is what you've got to train. So it's, it's all mental game. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, my last podcast with um, Ash Burke, he, he said that he was actually scared on how far his mind could push his body. Yeah. So he does ultra marathon runs and he was like, I get scared with how my mind um, can control on how far I can push my body because my body will shut down before my mind does. Yeah. Scary. So, yeah. 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 So he, like, that's a strong mindset and he, he works hard. He works very hard. Um, mm. All right. We've got about five minutes left. Let's uh, rattle through these questions. What let's, let, let's say for an average person who does train, um, what's, what's a few things that you could, you could recommend that would prevent injuries? Like just a few standard simple things. Doesn't yeah. have to be stretches or anything or, or whatever. Um, I that? think what is really important first thing would be sleep. Our bodies do, especially our muscles, do a lot of their repair when we're sleeping. So you need to have adequate amount of sleep. So I think on average they say you need minimum seven hours of sleep for that to happen. Hydration and diet is extremely important. So making sure you have a well-rounded diet that also is enough calories because sometimes people tend to not eat enough calories. Um, so that also aids in muscle recovery if you do nourish correctly. Um, can you think of anything? Um, yeah, they're important. And I was going to say as well, I for anyone who comes through like regardless of their background, injury, whatever, 
I sort of try and keep the mindset of moving, moving as much as you can in lots of different directions. So we're not, so again, it's like you get strong in lots of different directions at lots of different ranges. So um, a lot of the stuff I see you and Ben posting, there's a lot of the similar stuff I've got a lot of um, my people doing because it's, you're moving in different directions. You're loading the yep. body in different postures yep. and in terms of protection against injury, that's the best because you want to be mobile and agile and you want to be strong in different, different directions and different postures in particular. So um, yeah, that's sleep as well. Important, Very important. Nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. And not that's always a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's really good advice because, I mean, I'm not firing shots at anyone, but uh, there, there, there are a lot of health professionals out there who will just go straight to exercise or, um, mm. or stretches or manipulations or whatever it may be. They, they don't dig that little bit deep and find out what's actually going on. Um, yeah. like, like you said before, like the why, you find the why of why um, they, they've come to this point or this stage of, of injury or or um, mm. issue. So, yeah. So that's really good. So sleep, nutrition, hydration, and and keeping your body moving to to be ready for for war. <laughs> what about happiness? We yeah, forgot I, happiness. I, yeah, that's right. I think that all comes comes with it as well. So yeah. I mean, I, I I think happiness is always the end result. And, and, and yep. it's what people are looking for, no matter what you do in life, whether it's, you know, um, relationships or money or, or exercise or, or health, it's all about happiness. So if you're happy with your health, then that's good. Agreed. I'm sure, Agreed. You, I'm sure you would be healthy if you're happy. Agreed. So let's, um, let's finish off uh, with one piece of advice you could give our listeners um, to take home with them. What, what's that piece of advice? Ooh. You only have one body, so look after it because once you get an injury, it may resolve, but you might have down the track long-term implications from it. So look up after your body. It is a temple. I like it. I like it. James. I got less than a minute. My so piece of advice, I just going back to the happiness thing. I think happiness is different for everyone. So what makes you happy may not make someone else happy and that's okay. So like you you run a very successful gym pool, like you've got a lot of members where, you know, someone might want to lift a huge amount or someone might want to run a huge amount. Like that's that's their happiness and that's okay. So like you don't have to have the same goals as everyone. Do what makes you happy. That's right. And then help like them come well. Think. Cool. What's your? Yeah. What's yours, Paul? Uh, what's one piece of advice that I can give someone? Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't think we'll have enough to, for me to say this, but I, I'm I'm very similar to both of you guys. Um, yeah. I think you got to understand why you're doing what you do. And then if that why isn't important enough, then there's something, something else you've got to think about because um, if health, for instance, if health is number one priority, you'll do anything possible to, to get healthy, uh, whether that will be physically or both, 
mentally as well. I think that's what's most important. But um, mm. I think a lot of people got to think about their mindset first. Um, so the mental state, state before the physical state. And that's what I would give someone advice. Work on your mindset first and then you can work on the physical state. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a wrap for this week's podcast. Thanks for listening and we hope to catch you on our next one. If you like what you hear, make sure you give us a five-star review and share this with someone who you think it can help. Make sure you check us out on Facebook and Instagram for more content on everything health and fitness.